When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What makes a great athlete? Is it natural talent? Is it hard work? Maybe it's a combination of both. In this series, we are going to be looking at some of the greatest baseball players of all time, and we're going to follow their unique journeys that made them so successful. Today, we're going to be exploring the roots of the greatness of the Millville Meteor, Prince Fish, M.T. Hammer, the one and only Mike Trout. Today, on Rounders, A History of Baseball in America. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am, as always, your host, Jeff Lambert. I'm excited. Today, we're going to be inserting a new series into our show that we're going to revisit on a regular basis. And we have some continuing themes that we always go back to that we've done over the years. For instance, we have our baseball team autopsy series where we look at now defunct professional teams and what happened to them. We have our Profiles in Greatness, where we look at different players and the behind the scenes or the personal sacrifices that they made in order to make the game of baseball a better game. And we're going to be starting this new series, like I said, where we're going to be looking at these individual names that we all know that have transcended greatness in baseball. And we're going to look at their individual journeys. And we're going to see what are some of those threads that brought them to that point that led them to that level of success. Well, to kick off this series, we're going to be uh, using a more modern player to examine, and that's going to be uh, none other than Mike Trout. And there's really no one in baseball quite like Mike Trout. I mean, he's a a once-in-a-generation talent. He seems to improve with each passing season. So what is it that makes him so special? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So my foundation for this recurring series that we're starting is that every great baseball talent has unique factors that contribute to their success. In Mike Trout's case, I'm proposing three key factors or roots, as we'll call them, that led him to become the amazing talent that we're seeing today. Number one, his baseball heritage. Number two, his amazing and and insane self-competitiveness. And number three, his raw physical attributes. Those are the three foundational blocks, the three foundational roots that I believe have led to Mike Trout's success. So we're going to go through each one and I'm going to break down why I believe these are the roots of Mike Trout's greatness. So we're going to start off with number one, Trout's baseball heritage. And this is a big one for me. I see in Mike Trout a 
someone who carried the torch, I guess you could say, in his family and took things to the next level. And the reason I think that he is so passionate about baseball is because he came from a baseball family. Let me explain. So Mike Trout's father, Jeff Trout, was actually a successful baseball player in his youth. He played the game at the University of Delaware. After graduating, he was chosen in the the fifth round by the Minnesota Twins in 1983. He played three years of double-A baseball, but then his career was cut short as he suffered a torn plantar fascia, and he had continuing knee injuries, and both of those contributed to his career ending early. So there we have Jeff. He's uh, excited about the sport. He wasn't able to take things all the way due to those injury issues, but he really decided to raise a baseball-centered family. And so Mike, of course, was one of the sons that he had, and he tried to develop a love of baseball in all of them. And there was a passion that came out very early on. So Jeff taught his sons, including Mike, the importance of really having a strong work ethic and making sure that they're dedicated to the sport that they want to play. Mike's father, Jeff, also made sure that from a young age, Mike and his brothers received mentoring, not only from himself, but from the coaches of the teams they played on, that they would get the right tutelage to really grow that skill that he was trying to develop in them. So he put the right people in place, really tried to find the right teams that could really uh, mentor Mike. And that really paid off between the mentoring of the coaches and the mentoring from his father. Mike showed a incredible aptitude for the sport at a very young age. To give you an example, Mike's Babe Ruth coach once stated in an interview that, quote, as a nine-year-old, I've always said that Mike was one of the five best players in the league. As a 10-year-old, he was one of the two best. Then at 11 and 12, he was a man among boys. The nice thing about him was that he was such a nice kid. He was so much better than everybody else, and yet he was still a super sweet, nice kid. Mike Trout, excuse me, Mike Trout gives his dad credit for instilling his passion for baseball with a quote that he gave in an interview. He said, quote, my dad created a way for me to play baseball at an early age, but he never really forced me to do anything. I just always liked to play baseball, end quote. So there you have it, folks. Mike grew up in a family where he got to see his dad's uh, incredible love for the sport. We got to see him growing up around seeing his dad successful at the sport and seeing that career cut short. And that must have instilled in him at a young age that baseball is something that runs in my blood. And so we see him pick up the game at an early age. We see his dad making sure that if this is the sport you want to play, I'm going to make sure that you get the best coaching and the best tutelage in order to become great at this sport. So those underpinnings of being from a family that was also very passionate about baseball and who had experience playing professional baseball, I think really played into his willingness, wantingness, and desire to be the best he could be at the sport. So number one root, I believe, was that family heritage. Let's go to the second root, I believe, that was instrumental in Mike Trout's greatness, and that was his insane self-competitiveness. This factor is a quality that Mike Trout exhibited since he was a child. Let me give you some examples. So his father, in an interview, recounted an incident where Mike, who was only six years old, would get upset when he couldn't hit his tee ball off the tee. 
His father had to stop him from hitting the tee with his bat in frustration because he wanted to hit the ball so bad at such a young age. We fast forward to age nine. Mike starts playing organized baseball for the first time. He played in his local Cal Ripken baseball team, which is a division of the Babe Ruth League. And Mike was so excited to start playing organized baseball that he was known to wear his uniform to bed the night before a game. That's how excited he was to get out there and be able to play. We see as his career progressive progresses, these uh, this insane competitiveness really come out in everything that he did. It wasn't just in terms of his baseball uh, desire, but it was also in the little things. So there's a great documentary that was produced. I'm linking to it in the show notes about Mike's childhood. And they, in the video, they interviewed several of his friends and they all related stories about how Mike was really competitive in the little things that they did. So as an example, one of his childhood friends shared a story about how Mike when they went fishing, would always try to catch the biggest fish when they were just hanging out on the lake. It would become a competition instantly. There was another one of his child friends who recounted that Mike and his brothers would often go to the hometown county fair every year, and they would love to go and play a game where you had to take a baseball and throw it and knock over some metal uh, milk bottles that were stacked into a pyramid. You're familiar with the game, I'm sure, if you've been to a town fair. Well, Mike would get so competitive and wanting to be good at this that he would stay and spend all of his money all evening just throwing baseballs trying to knock over those milk cans. Well, that persistence paid off because he started winning so much that the fair didn't like the fact that he was now really uh, beating the game. So they banned him from throwing the baseball at the stack of bottles. He wasn't allowed to play that game anymore because he was winning at such a high rate. But his competitiveness drove him to stay there and practice and practice and practice until he was able to master that. Mike was not happy about that, Ben, obviously. But just another story to highlight how competitive he was, even as a child. As Mike progressed into high school, he was setting records for Millville Senior High's baseball team. In his junior year, he actually set the record for most home runs for any high schooler in the state of New Jersey. So that's how much of a good of a power hitter he was, even then in high school. But there's a story that came out of this that at the end of his junior season, after he broke the record, Mike's teammates decided that they were going to hold an impromptu home run derby. And they asked Mike to please sit out the competition because they wanted to have someone else to have a chance to win this home run derby. Well, Mike, who was never one to turn down a chance to compete, begged his teammates and said, please let me play with you guys. I'll even make you a deal. I am a right-handed hitter. I'll participate in this home run derby, but I will only hit left-handed. Deal? So the teammates agreed to it, thinking, well, he's hitting from the other side of the plate. What are the chances he's going to be able to beat us? Well, (laughs) you can guess what happened, and it was encapsulated perfectly by his former high school coach. He said, quote, He beat them all fairly easily. He was just talking trash the whole time, end quote. So we see this natural competitiveness carry through from childhood into high school, and it's also translated into his professional career as well. He's always striving to be the best player on the field. Let me give you an example of that. So he has a a former teammate, uh, Raul Ibanez, I'm sure several of you have heard of him, played with Mike for a couple years, and he shared a story in an interview about when he arrived 
uh, at the ballpark for the first time, he noticed that Mike was in the outfield and that he was throwing baseballs towards the fence, and he wasn't sure why. Well, after going over and asking what Mike was doing, Mike pointed out that there was this really small hole in the center field wall, and it was barely larger than the size of a regular baseball. Right. So Ibanez said that after that, and this was the 2014 season when this occurred, he noticed Mike would start throwing from a moderate distance, trying to just throw the baseball and get it through that very small hole in the center field wall. And then he would back up further and further and try and do it from greater distances. And this is what Rule had to say about it when he was recounting the story. He said, quote, And you knew when he made it because he would scream at the top of his lungs. Every day he would go and do this. The stuff on the field was obvious. We can measure that. But I think what makes Mike Trout extraordinary and special is his insane ability to compete against himself. It's nonstop. He'd try every day. In my mind, he'd make it every day, but let's call it every other day. It's probably a 100-foot, 75-foot throw, and he's trying to throw it through this tiny little spot. And just the intensity. I would watch him and be amazed by how determined he was to do that, end quote. So we see from a very young age, Mike is determined to be the best at what he has decided to dedicate his life to. From sleeping at night with his baseball jersey on, ready to go to the field first thing, to even being a professional and taking the time to work on such a small thing, his accuracy and being so excited about being able to to do better than he did himself the day before, really points to this insane competitive level that we see in a lot of Uh, sports top athletes. I'm always reminded of that story of Michael Jordan uh, in The Greatest Dance where they talked about, I can't remember which teammate it was, but Mike would just try and win it, everything he did. You know, there was a, a story where he saw some guys playing craps in a back alley and went and joined them and was putting down big money just to beat these regular guys at a regular game of craps because he wanted to win that bad. Mike seemed to share a thread of that even though he was competing against himself mostly. But that drive has obviously helped push him to the player that he is today. And that brings us to route number three that I think is uniquely tied into Mike's greatness. And that is the fact that he possesses very rare, raw, physical attributes. He's a monster of a man. And that helped him be able to be successful at this sport. So let's talk about that a little bit. Mike Trout has always been an athletic specimen. Right now, he's six foot two, 235 pounds, according to his profile. And he really has the perfect build for a baseball player, if you think about it. He has a muscular frame, but he's lean, and that allows him to generate a lot of power without sacrificing speed or agility, right? Well, some of Trout's physical gifts were apparent even from an early age. If we go back to Mike's Babe Ruth coach, He said that Mike possessed physical gifts his teammates just didn't have. Let me give you an example from an interview. His coach said, quote, his physical skills were tremendous. He said this in a documentary, by the way, called uh, The Bigs Mike Trout Documentary. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. Let me continue his quote. He said, uh, he was as fast as lightning. He could hit the ball a ton. He could throw like there was no tomorrow. And he just knew things. When he was on the field as a nine-year-old, he knew things the 12-year-old 
excuse me, didn't know, end quote. We move on into his teenage years. Mike also played for a traveling team. His coach, Joe Barton, also went on record saying that Trout literally could have played anywhere when he was just 13 or 14 years old. A direct quote from him stated that, quote, literally, Mike sees the ball better than normal people. He has the eyes of an eagle. We move forward into Mike's teenage years when he's playing for Millville High School. He made the varsity team as a freshman, and he played mostly shortstop and pitcher. And during his high school years, this is how gifted he was. He set a record for New Jersey high schools with 18 home runs in a season, as we talked about previously. He pitched a no-hitter with 18 of the 21 outs coming as strikeouts. He walked in a playoff game with the bases loaded because the opposing team was so concerned with his abilities that they decided it was better to take the run. And there's a quote from the coach of the opposing team, which I thought was really interesting. He said, at the time, we, his assistant coach and me, were meeting before the game, and we didn't say we were going to walk him every time, even if the bases were loaded, but we were saying, look, if we can't, if we want to move on, we can't let Mike Trout beat us. So we had talked that over, and that's what it came down to. Let's just walk him every single time he comes up. That's what we said we were going to do, end quote. Admission from the other team, a recognition of just how good this player was, that they were willing to take the run just to be able to get him out of the way, off the plate, for fear that he would do more damage. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's keep going. After high school, Mike, as a, as a high school graduate, even though he had committed to play uh, baseball at a local college, he decided that he was going to commit to the MLB draft. And the initial scouting reports also highlighted these overt physical abilities that were apparent when you looked at him. So to give you an example, Greg Morhart, who was an Angels scout and a former colleague of Mike's father, Jeff, he said that Mike was the fastest and strongest 17-year-old he had ever seen. So Mike enters uh, his eligibility into the draft. He was the only high schooler to declare for the draft uh, and who was chosen or projected to be taken in the first round, the only high schooler. And he was taken with the 25th pick by the Angels in the 2009 draft. Like I said, only high schooler selected in the first round that year. It's very impressive. So Mike, uh, in his rookie season, spent time between playing for the Arizona Angels, which was the rookie-level Arizona League team for their farm system. And he finished the season moving up to double-A with the Cedar Rapids Colonels, who were in Class A Midwest League for the Angels in their farm system. And in his rookie year, he was ranked the third best prospect for the Angels, and he was already Baseball America's 85th best player projected. In his rookie year, 18 years old. After the season, uh, in October, he decided to uh, take a, an offer to go play for Team USA, who was going to play in a qualifying tournament for the Pan American Games. So he goes down to Puerto Rico. He's playing in these games. There's a lot of scouts there for other MLB clubs that are watching, and they're there to see 
they're trying to look for international talent, obviously, but they're looking at guys who are, you know, five, six, seven years older than Mike Trout at this time. And there's a, an account from Jamie Bain, who was a scout for the Boston Red Sox. And he was at this tournament focusing on, like I said, looking at players in their mid-20s, guys that they could possibly snag and bring on to their farm club, just talent that could be invited to spring training. And while he was there, he just kept zoning in on, wow, this kid, Mike Trout, is really good. And he knew Mike was still young, out of high school, only a year under his belt. And this is what he had to say. He said that after watching a few games, he called his father, Eddie, who is a part of the Angels uh, Department uh, of Scouting. And he said, hey, Dad, this guy, Mike Trout, he's the best guy down here. And his dad mistakenly thought that his son was referring to another player who was there in their mid to late 20s. And Jamie said that he went back in the conversation and said, no, Dad, he's the best player down here, period. That's how good Mike Trout was in terms of his abilities right from the get-go, and it was recognized by other MLB scouts. So those are the three roots of greatness I believe that Mike Trout had from the get-go that contributed to his ability to reach the levels of greatness that he has reached so far. And he's only 30 years old as of this recording, which is the crazy thing. He has so much more in front of him. So again, we think about the journey that Mike Trout took. In his first full season in the majors, he was named American League Rookie of the Year. He finished second in MVP voting, and he has not slowed down since. These roots have led him to be named to the American League All-Star team in every season possible. The only time he didn't make the All-Star game was in 2020 because there wasn't an All-Star game because of the pandemic. So that makes him a 10-time All-Star. He's won the All-Star game MVP twice. He's won eight Silver Slugger awards. He's been named American League MVP twice. Like I said, he won the Rookie of the Year. He already has the 60th highest career war and has the second highest among all active players. The only guy who is in front of him is Albert Pujols. And remember, Albert Pujols has played almost double the amount of games that Mike Trout has. And he's, Mike is right behind him. <laughs> we look at his career uh, winning percentage of 795. That places him 12th all time. That puts him with names like Oscar, uh, excuse me, Oscar, uh, excuse me, Oscar Charleston, <laughs> Barry Bonds, Ty Cobb, Mickey Mantle, Shoeless Joe. That's how good we're seeing Mike Trout be just at 30. It's, it's amazing to think about the levels of greatness that he has achieved already. And a lot of it has to do with the foundational pieces that led him to this point. If Mike stays healthy, I mean, he's on pace to put up just amazing numbers, more than we've seen from a lot of other players throughout baseball history. He's already setting numerous records. He's already going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he retired today. And the kid's probably got another five, six years in him. So I know for me, it's going to be extremely exciting to see how his career continues to unfold. And overall, Mike's roots of greatness, they were evident early on because he showed a dedication to the game derived from his family underbringing. We see the competitive spirit that he displayed from a young age, and we see those raw physical attributes translate into baseball excellence. So the game of baseball is better off because of guys like Mike Trout, and his roots of greatness have contributed to make the game better overall. And so 
Mike, today we celebrate you. I'm excited to look at other players who we can possibly put under the microscope and look at their individual roots of greatness. If you'd like to suggest names, remember you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook at Rounders Podcast. We also have an email newsletter that you can subscribe to. All that information is in the show notes. Remember, if you'd like to support the show financially, you can send me a one-time good game tip. You can become an official producer of the show, a member of our starting nine, and give on a regular basis to help us expand things. We're really looking to continue growing the show, and it's because of our ability to talk about great players like Mike. So, folks, I want to thank you again so much for joining me for this episode and taking time to just consume this content. It means a lot to me that you take a part of your day to enjoy baseball history and baseball stories as I do. So until next time we meet, remember those famous words that we always end our show with. There are only two seasons, winter and baseball. We'll see you later.